Good morning, church. Today we're continuing on our series on rebuilding. Uh, my, my title for today is Know the Truth, Foundations for Rebuilding. As believers, we are all called to build. Building through love, kindness, encouragement, serving, and generosity, etc., etc. But what are we building on? We're building on Jesus. Jesus is our cornerstone. He is our perfect example, the foundation of our faith. In Psalms 118, 22-24, it says, The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. 1 Peter 2 and 4 says, They were coming to Christ, who was the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. So what is it that changes us so that we want to rebuild? When we experience the salvation of Jesus and accept him into our lives, there is a desire and a hunger that is reactivated to know more about Jesus and to do the work of the Father. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In John 8, 32 it says, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what is the truth? There's so much fake news these days. It's so difficult to know what to believe and who to believe. Now in the old days, which I guess I'm a part of, uh, newspapers, magazines, and TV, were our main sources of news. Back then, we knew less of what was going on around the world, and not everyone had the capability to get their opinion heard. With the arrival of the internet and social media, all that has changed. These days, anyone that has a cell phone can get their opinion out to thousands of people. The amount of fake news during the COVID pandemic has been unbelievable, pun intended. In all that is going on in the world today, there is one truth that remains unchanged, God. God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, and his word, the Bible, never changes. It is so important that we know God and not just know about him. If we only just know about him, we don't really know him. We need to get to know him personally and have constant communication with him, his desire, and his plan for us, we get to know him, know his heart, and have an ongoing personal relationship with him. So how do we find God's truth? God's truth is something that each individual must search for. Many people are searching for something, but they don't know where to look, and they still haven't found what they're looking for. I grew up in a small town in central PC called Quinell. Near Quinell is a place called Barkerville. Barkerville was a gold rush town founded in 1862, named after Billy Barker, the first miner to strike it rich. It is estimated that he recovered $2.5 million in gold, which is worth about $65 million today. By 1865, Barkerville went from a population of about zero to 5,000 people. Many people were drawn there because there was something valuable there. Many people became rich because they made searching for gold a priority. 
Many people didn't find, find gold right away, but they found it because they didn't stop looking. They believed that if they didn't give up and kept looking, they would find what they were looking for. Many people also gave up and left with nothing. Now, I'm certainly not saying that we drop everything and start searching for gold, but I just want to talk a bit about our search for God as we build our relationship with Him. <clears throat> In our lives as believers, there was a lot of searching and seeking. Even before we became believers, there were circumstances in our lives that were creating an awareness that something was missing. We were searching for something, but we didn't necessarily know what it was. I think some people aren't aware of what's happening, but in their spirit, there is a desire being awakened for God. Now I say awakened, not created, because that desire has always been there. It was put there by God at creation as part of our spiritual DNA. We were created to be connected with God and interact with Him in every part of our lives. We are believers because there was a moment that God prepared us for, when our spiritual eyes were opened and the revelation of who Jesus was, Jesus is was revealed to us. And more importantly, at that moment, we made the decision to accept Jesus into our lives as Savior and Lord. After we accept Jesus, the seeking continues. In Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In Psalms 9.10, Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. There are so many other promises in the Bible that as part of our growth as Christians, we need to search for and figure out what God's will is for us and how he wants to work through us, work in us and through us as he rebuilds us and as we build his kingdom. Today I want to talk about three foundations that are important in that rebuilding process. Point number one is God is good. In Isaiah 48, 17, it says, This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is good for you, and leads you along the paths that you should follow. Romans 5, 17. For the sin of one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 32.4 He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright is he. Psalms 18.30 God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. God does not create or bring evil into our lives. He is not evil. He is only good, and he loves us. If it were true that God created evil in our lives, think about how difficult and confusing it would be to discern what is from God and what is, from, and what is not. If this were true, it would also mean that we'd be praying against something that God brought into our lives. Does this make sense that we should have to discern what is, what is from God and what is not? Of course not. But this is a deception that the enemy uses in his attempt 
to confuse us and taint our view of who God is. The truth is that God is perfect righteousness and there can be no evil in him. 1 John 1.5 says, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Knowing that God is good makes it easier to discern what is from God and what is not. It also makes it easier to know how to pray. Things that are evil are not from God. So that's when we pray for wisdom and strength to defeat the enemy. God helps us to trust him and depend on him for strength as we go through difficulty. But he does not create that difficulty. He takes what the enemy has meant for tearing down and he uses it for building up. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Now I believe that the length of time we spend going through these trials we face is much longer than it needs to be. Not because God keeps us there longer to teach us, but because we don't keep our focus on him and following the leading of the Holy Spirit to defeat what we're facing as quickly as possible. Quite often, there will be time spent in anger, self-pity, accusation, doubt, and questioning. Now I know these things are part of the process of how we deal with things, but it's better not to stay there for too long. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Trust is also very important a very important part of our relationship with God. There are things that we will never understand, so it is better just to let it, let it go and trust Him. Isaiah 55, 9 says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Scripture also says that he will not allow us to go through things that we can't handle. That means that he will always make a way for us to defeat the plans of the enemy. Corinthians 10.13 in the Passion Version says, We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. That's an awesome scripture. If we allow the enemy to deceive us into thinking that God isn't good, it will taint every part of our relationship with Him. Don't be deceived, but stand firm on the truth of God's Word and who it says God is. Foundation point number two, prayer and the Word, knowing the heart of the Father. The beginning of the Lord's Prayer says in Matthew 6, 9, 10, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
Most of Jesus' prayers were to know the will of the Father and for his direction. John 14, 31. But I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. In our current series in Nehemiah, the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem happened because Nehemiah prayed and received direction and favor from God. Just want to highlight a few things from Nehemiah's prayers and the process of rebuilding the wall. Number one, his first prayer wasn't just a quick prayer. Nehemiah 1.4 says, When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Nehemiah prepared, and then he petitioned in prayer. His prayer contained repentance, it contained a reminder of God's promises to his people, and it contained a specific request. Number two, the process of rebuilding happened because Nehemiah prayed. God heard his prayer, and he responded with favor from the king. Number three, Nehemiah's first prayer was in November or December, and the process didn't start until April or May the next year, so about five or six months between his first prayer. Now, there's no detail in the Bible that tells us what happened during that time, but I'm sure Nehemiah was wondering, okay, God, when's this going to happen? It's always hard to wait for us to wait for an answer of yes or no. And it's also hard to wait for the process to start after we have received a yes or a promise from God. God's timing is perfect. In Psalms 27, 14, it says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Point number four. But when Sanballat, this is Nehemiah 4, 7-9. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Note that in verse 9 it says, But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. They prayed, but that wasn't the end of their responsibility. After they prayed, they still guarded the city day and night. They were still responsible for carrying out the task of guarding the city, but with God's strength and protection. Prayer and the Word of God are the key foundations of our partnership with Christ. We pray by the leading of Holy Spirit and Scripture. When we pray, we declare His Word over situation but we remind him of his promises, just like Nehemiah did. Prayer and the word are foundations so that they need to be built upon. When we pray, we receive direction from the Holy Spirit for what we need to do in a situation. We pray, and he leaves with wisdom and strength, and we carry out his plan. Now, all the situations that we face aren't big spiritual battles or huge tasks as was with the rebuilding of the wall. Sometimes just a practical part of life we're dealing with. <clears throat> Most people that have talked to me at church during June, September of each year have probably heard me talk about the least favorite part of my job. I'm an accountant for 
the global company, and June to September every year is budget time. It's a very complex process, with a lot of large Excel files, complicated formulas that ultimately have to balance and make sense. A few years ago, I started to pray at the beginning of the process and each day for wisdom to help find the most efficient way to get this budget done. The process was drastically improved. The process has drastically improved and there have been so many times, especially this year when I prayed, and within minutes, I was able to figure out what the issue was. God also cares about the little things in our lives, and He wants us to involve Him in every part of our lives. I think this is something that God has called all of us to do. Pray without ceasing. Make God the place we turn first with our problems, and with our praise, and with our thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18 says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who belong to Jesus Christ. Matthew twenty six forty one, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. When we are in consistent prayer and when we know the word, our spirit will be stronger than our flesh. The power that temptation has over us will be removed. We will still be tempted, but our stomach our desire to please God will be stronger than the desires of the flesh. If there are things in your life that you can't control, don't focus on getting control over them because that will fail. Turn your focus to God through prayer and the Word. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The Word of God, the Bible, is our main source for finding out who God is. So many of the non-biblical definitions of who God is are filtered by people's experiences and how they think things are. We also base our definitions of God on our experiences of people who represent God. Some people represent or misrepresent God on purpose, but even people who sincerely serve and represent God will make mistakes. Because we are not perfect. Only God is perfect. That's why we don't put our trust in people, but we put our trust in God. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Jesus is the living word. When we know him, or when we know the word, we know him. He is where we go to gain knowledge, find direction for our lives, and to be transformed. Knowledge is good, but transformation and relationship is better. I just want to read a portion of scripture from Colossians 1, 15-20. The heading for this section is called, Christ is Supreme. Christ is a visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds creation together. 
Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. For God in all his faithfulness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Number three, be thankful. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Psalms 118.1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithfulness endures forever. Now, it's definitely not easy to always be thankful. When things aren't going as we would like, it's easier to let anger, frustration, and doubt become our focus rather than being thankful. Now, we don't need to be thankful for the trial, but we do need to be thankful that God already has a plan for victory, that our faith and trust in Him will be strengthened during the process, and that the enemy is defeated. Being thankful is a choice that we need to make daily. Just a few points on being thankful. Number one, it allows the ongoing transformation of my mind, as we read in Romans 12, 2. Number two, it helps keep my mind healthy and focused on God. Number three, it strengthens my ability to be obedient to God, God's will, and bring blessing. And number four, being thankful is a sacrifice. In Psalms 50, 14 and 15, it says, Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Now in closing, I just want to make a few declarations over you and over our church. These are declarations of truth. Oh, there's a few of them, so I'll read them through a couple times. The truth is that nothing can separate us from God's love. The truth is that Jesus died in our place and rose from the dead so that we can have eternal life and life on earth made righteous by His sacrifice. The truth is that you can be forgiven and set free from your past. The truth is that we are not deserving of mercy. It is a gift from God. The truth is that His Word is a lamp to my feet. The truth is, when I trust Him, I don't need to understand. The truth, the truth is, if I want to hear God speak, I will. The truth is, the enemy has power, but he does not have authority. We have the authority given to us by Jesus to defeat the enemy. The truth is, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. The truth is, Jesus is our cornerstone, our firm foundation. It's going to read those again, just to they sink into your spirit. The truth is, nothing can separate us from God's love. 
The truth is that Jesus died in our place and rose from the dead so that we can have eternal life and a life made righteous by his sacrifice. The truth is that you can be forgiven and set free from your past. The truth is that we are not deserving of mercy, but it is a gift from God. The truth is that his word is a lamp to my feet. The truth is when I trust him, I don't need to understand. The truth is, if I want to hear God speak, I will. The truth is, the enemy has power, but he doesn't have authority. We have the authority given to us by Jesus to defeat the enemy. The truth is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And the truth is that Jesus is our cornerstone. He's our firm foundation. Lord, thank you so much for your presence here today. Lord, I thank you that you are good and that nothing can separate us from your love. Thank you for your power that is continually transforming us and making us more like Jesus. Thank you for your mercy and your patience with us. Holy Spirit, I pray for each person here that they will experience a new revelation of who you are and how much you love them. Lord, put in us in a desire to move towards you and to strengthen our relationship with you. Lord, I just pray blessing and protection over each person that's listening to this message today. Lord, I just give you praise. I ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Have a good week. Be blessed.